Yeah, we're going to DC. You gonna be wholesome? It's gonna be very wholesome. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna we're gonna go on a you know Ethiopian food tour. Um, you know, see which restaurants have the best tips in the city, and uh, you know that's about it. I'll probably call it a night. You know, eight p.m. And uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. after after we call our mothers and you know tell them how much we care about them, so I do a lot. Nice of, wholesome trip. Very wholesome trip. You know. What's going on? My name is Jonas. I'm Cameron. We're both product managers here at Parlor, which is a startup located in downtown Boston. So this is a show for all the product folks who don't have all the answers. Instead of romanticizing the product visionaries, we plan to share the perspectives of the PMs who get the job done, but don't necessarily have it all figured out. So with that, we plan to share our perspective as two early career PMs. We plan to bring on others to share their stories so that we can all figure this thing out together. So today, I thought we'd be good to start things off with talking about taking the initiative. I know for me, myself, personally, I've struggled with taking the initiative in my career and at work, meaning that I fell in the trap of waiting for my manager or other people that were more senior to me to tell me what to do, what to work on, and what to prioritize in my day-to-day work stuff. And also just taking the initiative of networking and meeting other people that are doing similar things to me as far as product work and trying to expand my network and just reach out to people and learn more stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of wanted to talk about how to avoid those traps of just waiting for your manager to tell you what to do. Because I know everybody has ideas that they can proactively just think about and just act on instead of waiting for a manager to be like, yeah, you should go ahead and do that. That's a good idea. So mm-hmm. what are your thoughts about how to kind of avoid some of those traps. Yeah, um, I think that's something I struggled with, especially in my first role out of college, but you know, still something that I need to work on today. Um, and I think a lot of it stems from just not having a great understanding of what the kind of the role that you're in uh, yeah. is responsible for. Mm-hmm. Um, so especially in my first role out of college as a product manager, um, while I had some product experience, I'm sure just about anybody in the space knows that, you know, there's really so much for you to learn and that, you know, there's no amount of learning that is going to really prepare you for that first role. So um, not having a much background with like what is actually necessary, yeah. or, like what what is what a PM is actually responsible for made it difficult for me to take initiative uh, like in the daily work yeah um so that's something that i still have to work on to this day yeah for sure uh, and i think the way that you do that is by um kind of spending time outside of work trying to kind of bolster your abilities as uh like for me a pm or you know this is kind of uh, transferable for any role. Um, so, you know, whether that's outside reading, meeting new people in your field and learning mm-hmm. from them, things of that nature. Yeah. Um, so stuff that I think also like when you first start a new role, like we both start at the same time um, back in September, like the onboarding a new employee, like there's always like set tasks for you to do. It's like learn the product and then there's like other various tasks you need to do. So I feel like we kind of get used to having like our manager who's onboarding us into the company give us specific tasks to do every day, every week. So then you just fall into the trap of always, oh, they're just going to tell me what to do next. Right. And then if you ever like run out of stuff to do, you kind of just sit there because maybe nervous or afraid to ask because usually your manager is very busy. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. So having that that checklist of things that after yeah. the first thirty days, there's <laughs> yeah. there's kind of a schedule of what you're yep. expected to do. But after that, it's like you're on your own. What do I do now? Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, it's uh, definitely a juggling act, and I think there is a balance between uh, you know reaching out and asking what your company priorities are, what the responsibilities of your role are, um, but also taking the initiative to. Um, kind of understand what you can do to better support your company, your employer, and how to be a better employee and, you know, how to ultimately, you know, succeed within your role. Yeah. I think that's, you know, like, how do you go about that in a daily day, like kind of your daily basis? um, What are you doing as a PM in your case to kind of take the initiative and, you know, kind of establishing what your working cadence is? Um, To me, I'm still kind of figuring that out. I don't really have like a, a routine per se yet i'm trying to get there but i know i have i always think of as random ideas that come to my mind that i feel like are good ideas that we should implement and for me it's more about just having the confidence to go to like keith or adam or jonah louise jason it's like hey i think we should do this i have this idea in my mind and just asking and not being afraid of any pushback they may have exactly so i was at often before um my old manager she gave me some good advice, which was just like, if you have a good idea, just just do it. Like, even the simple things may seem like great ideas because not everybody has the same thought process or the same um, train of thought that you go through in your day-to-day life mm-hmm. or day-to-day job as a product manager. So just kind of do things. And then if people don't, if if it feels like you're overstepping your boundaries, like your manager's always going to try to like really back in and try to help focus where your intentions are going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For me lately, um, you know, since we've been signing a lot more clients on, we actually have some, you know, solid user metrics that we can track. One thing that I find is like a really useful way to spend like usually the beginning part of my day is to review full story sessions, look at how users are interacting with our product, look at some of the uh, kind of like important metrics that Mm -hmm. we track. And that's like, you know, you can spend an hour basically doing that. And it's not, you know, it's it's slightly more passive work but it's still very important and it's gonna like play a huge role yeah. in your understanding of and it. like when you're doing product priorities you kind of like oh like i saw this was like a little friction point mm-hmm. when i was watching full story that we can try to solve via this suggestion that you have right i feel like that's pretty good yeah i also feel like taking initiative is also important because you can sometimes miss out on like career progression mm-hmm. for example like by not taking the initiative but so like if you're out um, networking and you see somebody that you want to be a mentor uh, and you just want to just reach out and ask them to help you guide you through your career path or if you're in college or looking for a new opportunity and you're out sometimes if you don't take that initiative you'll never get that role that you want mm-hmm. so I know my guy Jonas he took the initiative coming when he was a, a young sophomore in college yeah yeah so that that's an interesting story it's kind of leads into like how I'm you know how we're here today at Parlor. Um, so yeah, I took the initiative at one point in my sophomore year to reach out to uh, somebody in the field of product who seemed interesting. He was an alum uh, at the school that I was attending, Tufts University, uh, and I'd heard about him through uh, you know some networking and decided to just reach out on LinkedIn. So uh, you know met up with him eventually after four months of back and forth with uh, his email assistant, which like just <laughs> funny like you know he had an email assistant at the time and he was probably probably like, you know, 26. He definitely didn't need an email. Assistant. <laughs> it was a bit of a flex, but it, it, made, it made me even more interested in this guy. I was like, okay, so he's a... That was the point know, then. Yeah. That's, 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 I mean, like lead generation for, you know, sophomore interns. Like, if that's the case, then, you know, he's probably...
probably got bigger things to deal with. <laughs> but um, so I, I, you know, finally got in touch with him. Uh, you know, I had no basic understanding of his background. He previously worked at HubSpot. You know, he's the chief product officer at an EnTech company in Boston now. And I mainly just wanted to learn from him and hear what he uh, did, how he got into these fields. And, and uh, you know, I thought he would be useful for that and just kind of an informational interview. Knew nothing about product management at the time. Um, but, uh, you know, shortly after our conversation and him bringing me, uh, you know, giving me an opportunity to intern at mm-hmm. the EdTech company, who yep. was a uh, chief product officer at, um, slowly started to realize that product, which is the space that he was working in, uh, was what interested me. And uh, why, you know, why did, what interests you the most about product? When you were just seeing Keith go through his paces? Yeah, I think a lot of it at first was uh, just kind of thinking like of him as a, you know, a leader and associating, uh, you know, the positive qualities that he had with uh, products. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's so I kind of just saw him as a mentor and he was working in the product space. So honestly, that's that's kind of how it started. It was, you know, I took the initiative because he seemed interesting. I slowly started to gravitate towards the work he was doing because, you know, I think I just saw him as uh, a leader, somebody who I kind of wanted to emulate. And that was honestly how my interest in product <laughs> started, um, you know, and yeah, I don't want to gas Keith up. But, yeah, you know, I was like, oh, this guy's pretty cool. He's doing some cool things. So, you know, like fast forward to like after graduating college, they offered me a job as a product manager, um, you know, all throughout, you know, my internships there, Uh, you know, I'd slowly learn more and more about the field Mm -hmm. from Keith, Uh, you know, and then after, uh, after Firecracker, Keith went off to start Parlor, and he asked me to come come on as one of the first PMs there as well. So, you know, thanks to that, that in initiative that was taken, the reaching out slowly, uh, learning from Keith over time, and then kind of eventually finding my interest in the industry, which mm-hmm. isn't just uh, based off of uh, Keith. But, so where did you first meet Keith? I heard it was a step competition. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it, was, uh, it was actually at a step show that he invited okay, okay. my team to perform at, and uh, he actually used to be on the team. Mm. Um, so, you know, he invited us to perform at this uh, at this speaking event he was hosting and uh, you know that was kind of the the initiator um, and then after you hopped in the in the dms hopped in the dms <laughs> uh you know it's very important like uh, linkedin twitter it actually started in twitter uh, okay he was you know oh, was a cool guy he gave me his twitter and <laughs> didn't give me his phone <laughs> said, follow me bro yeah he said like yeah follow me on twitter and i messaged him i twitter dm'd him and then you know it didn't feel right i took it into linkedin later and then you know after the emails but you know i think like I, I feel like we kind of underestimate everybody talks about how important networking is but i think it's like further than just showing up to the events but it's also putting yourself out there making yeah. yourself more of a public uh, mm-hmm. you know persona so that people can associate who you are with you know the work that you do yeah for sure and uh, i think that was like what played a role in you yeah. know what i was able to do Definitely. there um, yeah linkedin hasn't actually been I never really thought about LinkedIn being so beneficial, but over the last like six months or even probably the last six to nine months, I've just like kind of seen how powerful LinkedIn can be just because it's like a networking tool for like everybody that's either in the same field as you or the field you're trying to go into. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So this is something that I think you have an interesting story about as well, like is the power of LinkedIn. You know, I think both of us have a similar, uh, similar story there. Yeah, for sure. uh, But before we get to that, like I just me, just being more active on LinkedIn, I feel like I just, 
I started to learn more and see other like hear other um, success stories and either like people that are also struggling in the same product role. Like mm-hmm. as we said, like not everybody in product has all the answers. Not everybody in their role has all the answers. So just seeing LinkedIn be like a kind of a, like a, a vehicle where people can just produce that content and like mm-hmm. share real stories about how they struggle with things and how they overcome their struggles has been super beneficial as someone early in the career to see that people that are more senior are also still deal- dealing with the same things. Mm-hmm. And that's at the same time, I think being able to, to filter out, you know, a lot of the BS that you see. On yeah. LinkedIn <laughs> yeah. is I'd say the vast majority are people kind of sharing, you know, positive uh, yeah. you know, stories about yeah. their own career and, you know, all the good things happening, which is great. And we do that yeah. now. But I think that, you know, there's something about the vulnerability of, the, you know, certain things that you might post, sharing failures, uh, which is really important. And I've seen those actually get more interaction and more like thumbs up than like people just trying to push out successful or how great they are at their job okay all right that's i i hope that's a trend that continues yeah i mean i I try i'm gonna keep trying to build out my my presence on linkedin hopefully become an influencer like this guy Ah, stop it (laughs) (laughs) but yeah that's one of my goals definitely um going forward is trying to just relay everything i learned even stuff that i fail at just putting it out there and just trying to communicate and ask people for their suggestions on how to improve mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I hope this show can kind of play a role in that and like kind of showing the vulnerabilities behind folks early in their career. And, exactly. And, exactly. you know, showing that it's okay because there's plenty of people who yeah. inhabit that same space and are dealing with the same problems. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But for me, in terms of my story, it kind of combines um, taking initiative, like we said earlier, and also... Um, having a presence on LinkedIn. So mm-hmm. when I was looking um, for a different opportunity, leaving my old role, um, I was applying for jobs on various job sites, on company pages. And then after receiving like an automated response, I would like um, go on LinkedIn and see who their head recruiter was, the recruiter for that um, product role or whatever role I was applying to. And I would connect with them on LinkedIn. And hopefully if they accepted the invitation, I would send like a message like, hey, I applied to this job recently. I really want to get in touch with you so we can talk further about how I can uh, potentially fit within your company. Um, after doing that for about a couple months, one of the recruiters that I connected with was a connection with, with Keith from, from HubSpot, our right. CEO, their CEO. Mm-hmm. And so when the parlor team uh, raised around the funding and moved to Boston, Keith posted something on LinkedIn saying how um, he's super excited to move to Boston, be back with the team, mm-hmm. um, but he needs um, to hire more people to grow the team in Boston to fill out the office space. So because of my connection with one of the recruiters, I saw Keith's post. Didn't know this dude ever existed. Didn't know what Parler was. So I just saw the post and looking for marketing sales role. I was obviously a product person um, for my previous role. But I said, hey, I just want to look for a different opportunity. And if I could um, transfer any of my product sc- uh, skills to marketing or sales, which what the post said, then I'd be happy to like talk to you, see if I can make a fit. Mm-hmm. He said, cool, we'll get a coffee, similar to what you said. We'll get a coffee, we'll talk about it. We talked for about 30 minutes to an hour, and then I got the offer like the next week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was a combination of both taking the initiative, sliding in the DMs, mm-hmm. and then also um, just having a presence and being active on LinkedIn. Right. Because if I didn't make those connections with other recruiters, if I wasn't checking LinkedIn every day, I would have never seen that post, and I probably would never be here. So mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. kind of interesting how both of those things came together for me. 
And you were also like flexible. Um, I think a lot of people, especially early in their careers, might have you know the exact role in mind um, and aren't flexible. So you knew that you wanted to stay in product, but you know saw yeah. an opportunity yeah. at a company that you could potentially grow with. Mm-hmm. You know they were looking for sales and marketing, but uh, you know like that's kind of similar to what I, how I started. I was a content marketer in mm-hmm. the first role and slowly worked into yeah. the product. Yeah. So I think being flexible, especially early on, and I think a lot of it is kind of finding a place a company a mentor that you know is willing to you know help you grow into the role that exactly. you're interested yeah. in which is really yeah. luckily for me one of my mentors i was asking i was asking her about um how she took the next step in my career and like what are like the best skills that i have that she sees in me mm-hmm. and one of the things that she thought i was like very good with technology like that's a passion of mine like i built my own computer when i was in high school oh. i just like have a passion for like all things text like my boy John, he always roasts me for, for saying I'm the Apple guy because I have like all the Apple products. I have Apple laptop, watch, phone, iPad. Mm. I have everything Apple. You deserve the roast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As I flex my Apple watch. <laughs> yeah, so he's always roasting me about being the Apple store guy. Uh-huh. Um, like people that, my friends always ask me about like their tech questions. So I just love all things technology. So she said just like one thing she thought from me was like I'm really good at figuring out how to use technology and how things work. Mm. So... That opened my eyes up into other things other than product. Like I can be customer success, where I'm helping mm. other, um, like helping the, the company's clients use the platform to like its highest ability. Right. So I was open into both like customer success, um, but still wanted that product role because I eventually I wanted to be involved with actually building a software product. Mm. So those are the two main roles I was focused on. Mm-hmm. Just having that flexibility where. Like, hey, I'm still early in my career. I don't really know what I'm best at with my biggest passion, but I know it was technology related. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to keep that in mind, but also be flexible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it's like a little underrated how uh, important a lot of the skills you get from those marketing, sales, and customer yeah, support sure. roles is towards a product career. Since, you know, we are basically wearing all of those hats as a product manager. So I think, you know, people might think that without a you know product management manager background you know some pm roles are out of reach for them but i think uh there's a lot of cross functionality there and you know there's have to opportunities agree. yeah yeah so i think that's all for today mm-hmm. thanks for tuning in if you have anything that you want to talk about or discussions you want to have with us feel free to reach out mm-hmm. if you want to come on and be a guest be our first guest or be any guest please <laughs> yeah please pull up we'd mm-hmm. love to have you until next time we'll see you <laughs>